Our first reading for this afternoon is from the 16th chapter of Numbers. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the congregation, Get away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Then Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be swept away with all their sins. So they got away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came and out and stood at the door of their tents, together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that it has not been of my own accord. These men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into shale, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. And as soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into shale, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. And all Israel who were around them fled at their cry, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up. And fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, to take up the censers out of the blaze and scatter the fire far and wide, for they have become holy. As for the censers of these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives, let them be made into hammered plates as a covering for the altar. For they offered them before the Lord, and they became holy. Thus they shall be a sign to the people of Israel. So Eleazar the priest took the bronze censers, which those who were burned had offered, and they were hammered out as a covering for the altar, to be a reminder to the people of Israel, so that no outsider who is not of the descendants of Aaron should draw near to burn incense before the Lord, lest he become like Korah and his company, as the Lord said to him, through Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 19th chapter of Luke. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, 
they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer. You have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. They did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation with the sacrament of holy baptism. What does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're now in our catechism instruction, going through the sacrament of baptism. And one thing you'll notice in, as we read through these meanings is that there's such a strong emphasis in these on the work that God is doing and that he uses the sacrament of baptism, sacrament of the altar to accomplish what he wants to do in this world. He works through word and sacraments. And it's always good to be reminded that this is how God has chosen. And in fact, when St. Paul writes In Romans 6, when when we quote this in the Catechism, he says this, We were therefore buried with him, meaning Jesus, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I mean, it's amazing when you think about what God is accomplishing 
through that means of grace, through that simple water. And Paul says it does two things. Number one, he unites you to Jesus in his death so that literally you can say you have died with Christ. Our old Adam, our sinful nature is put to death and stays dead in the grave. And yet, there's another part to baptism. Resurrection. That just as Jesus Christ rose from the dead, so too have you. Already right now, we have a new life in Christ, right? We all know that. We, we have a life of faith in Christ. We live a life in Christ. And one day, we'll have a physical resurrection from the dead, just like Christ did. And our bodies will be changed, as Paul says later, that our lowly bodies will be changed to be just like his glorious body. And what did this? Well, God did this, but God does it through baptism. Something so simple. Simple water we get out of a faucet. Um, Whenever I teach baptism with the confirmands, we always stress this. I always ask them, do you have to have special water for baptism? And they'll say no. And I'll say, well, what if it's water from the Jordan River? Isn't that more special? Isn't that a more special baptism? And if they're real astute, and they always are, they say, no. I say, well, what makes it special? God's word with the water. Any water? Any water. I said, that's right. Now you can be confirmed. But it's true. That's how God has chosen to work. And through that simple water and the word, the promise connected to it, he literally connects us to Jesus Christ in his death and in his resurrection. It's an amazing thing. But a lot of times there are plenty of Christians and Christian denominations that don't, aren't that keen on the sacraments, whether it's baptism or the Lord's Supper. Some of them might do baptism because Jesus ordered to do it, and they love orders. But they don't understand what's happening, what wonderful thing God is doing through that baptism. And we always need to remind ourselves of that, because it's very easy for us to also slide away and to forget what God is choosing to do through baptism, through the Lord's Supper, through his word, And that it is God who has decided to work in this world through those means. We call them means of grace, right? The ways that grace comes to us. We always need to be reminded of this because we can forfeit it. And many Christians do. They forfeit it for perhaps an emotional experience. They forfeit it for some and rely on a decision that they make. And they forfeit it, and they rely on their own works as how they are saved. You know, so we in the Christian church must be very careful because we can forfeit everything that God has given us and corrupt the ways that God has chosen to come to us and say, we don't want those. Those aren't that special. Um, I want something else. I want something flashier. I want something uh, that, that, that is better, that is different. I want something else that's more creative, not something old like that. We have to be careful because we are certainly not the first ones who've ever wrestled with that. 
In our Old Testament reading for today, we had a warning. Like all faithful Christians get warnings. The question is whether you're going to listen to them or not. We had a passage in Scripture from Numbers, and if you look, the heading is called Korah's Rebellion. It's much longer in Numbers chapter 16. But Korah was a man, and there were others along with him, who didn't like how God was choosing to do what God was choosing to do. That he set up Moses to be God's mouthpiece, and Aaron to be the priest, and to deal with sacrifices. No, they wanted some other thing. They wanted to do it differently. And so they began to set up their own priesthood. They began to offer different types of sacrifices and different types of incense that they thought was better than what God had asked for. You saw what happened to them today. God takes very seriously how he operates in this world. And in the end, Korah, all the men who rebelled with them, all of their households, all of the things they had were literally swallowed up by the earth and then the earth folded in on them. They were all killed. They all died. Why? Because God's very serious in coming to us in this world. He wants to come to us. He wants to show us grace and mercy. And he can't have anything taking that away from us and confusing it with something else that's usually connected to works righteousness. God won't have that. He wants our eyes always focused on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And in the end, that's what baptism is all about. It's about Christ's death and his resurrection being given to you. And in the Lord's Supper, it's a memorial meal of Christ's, Christ's last will and testament in which he now gave us a meal that we can celebrate all the time and remember that he comes to us in body and blood. Remember that he is the one who died for our sins and not the other way around. Because our sinful nature would love to flip it. Love to say that we do something. That we play a part. That we have to have some some say in all this of our salvation, right? Wrong. 100% done by Jesus Christ. And that's why in our gospel reading, when the people saw Jesus coming in the triumphal entry, and they were so excited to see him, that they shouted out this. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And they were so right in shouting that out when Jesus Christ came. He truly is the Lamb of God who's taken away all of our sins. And it is purely because of him that we are saved. And that we have surety, certainty of salvation. Thanks be to God, all because of Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.